0: Hello and welcome to IdeaGen TV's 17 Days of Sustainability. Today, we are honored and excited to welcome Jeff Welzer, Vice President of Exploratory Science at IBM Research. Jeff, welcome. How are you doing today?
1: Doing really well. Thanks very much. I'm really excited to be on the show today.
0: It's such an honor to have you on today's show. And before we dive into uh, our conversation, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about your your role and responsibilities as Vice President of Exploratory Science at IBM Research?
1: Sure, absolutely. So uh, I sit out in San Jose, California. I'm actually the director of our, our research lab out there, but uh, we have 19 labs globally around the world uh, doing work in all sorts of areas. And I'm in charge of the exploratory side. So these are the things that maybe will work out in five, six years from now. So kind of more on the edge, but it's what, what keeps, I think, IBM research really vital. Um, and a lot of, of course, is focused on things uh, to help us continue to advance computing technologies, uh, which is obviously IBM's uh, core business here. Uh, but sometimes we also work in other areas uh, such as things that help with sustainability and have have impact more broadly in society
0: that's incredible Jeff that's actually very exciting work to see you know if it will work out in, in like you said five to six years something like that um, so so recently you and your team you're obviously helping lead the charge in, in, in innovation and everything Jeff you you and your team came up with this uh, unique design on about this new battery that you created. Jeff, what is new about this battery that makes it different than already available battery technology?
1: Yeah, so the battery technology obviously is a hot area of research because we all would like to have longer lasting batteries, batteries that charge faster. Uh, but something also that's important about batteries is that they be sustainable. I mean, a lot of the, the role of batteries is for, for maybe the future of renewable power. Um and sustainability means a lot of things and one of the issues with batteries is the materials that are in them. Uh, they they always in, they always contain uh, heavy metals such as cobalt and nickel and others um, and we were looking for a way to design a battery that would have less of the materials that could be problematic uh, and in particular then we designed a battery that has no cobalt or nickel in it at all. It still has some lithium and it has other obviously other components uh, but by removing those we felt that would be actually a big advantage from a sustainability point of view, um, cobalt and nickel are both uh, uh, materials that need to be mined. Um, in some cases, the, the mining practices sur- surrounding them, particularly cobalt, have been uh, of a concern. Um, and of course, they're also very expensive and they are heavy metals, so they do hang around uh, in the environment uh, long after the battery is done.
0: That's right. That's incredible. So we are obviously, like you said, in this age of, of new sustainable technology and with the, you know, electric cars and everything we see with the use of batteries. But Jeff, can you tell me what advantages does this new design that you and your team have come up with have over traditional lithium ion batteries specifically?
1: Yeah, yeah. so I think that's exactly the, the right comparison, too, because lithium-ion are really the, the gold standard right now. Uh, so th- this is still a lithium-based uh, technology, but as I said, we removed the cobalt and nickel, which had the, the the primary point was for sustainability. But in designing it, we came up with an iodine-based cathode. And I- iodine itself is a material that you can get from, from seawater. You can get it without mining. So you can, in fact, get it in a much uh, more environmentally friendly manner. and It's a more environmentally friendly material. But as it also turns out in the design, uh, the battery we designed actually ends up having actually higher power storage capability than standard lithium ion, about equivalent in in energy uh, levels. Storage, which is important. Um, and it also turns out to be safer because the electrolyte um, substance we ended up using um, does, discourages the formation of the dendrites that can cause uh, some of the explosive inflammability issues with lithium ion batteries. So in the end, it actually had multiple advantages that weren't necessarily even the initial focus, but that, that's what's great about research. Sometimes you come up with some good combinations that you weren't expecting. <laughs> that's right, and you
0: know that's it's it's great that you know you talked about safe and and as we were, you know moving into this world and and using innovation and technology to to advance us, you know we always have concerns about the environment. So so Jeff, how could this battery that you were talking about help alleviate certain environmental concerns about or, or around heavy metals?
1: Yeah, so I think, first of all, obviously, by not having the heavy metal usage at all, that means that you don't have to worry about the mining. Where does it come from? You know, Are the, are the, the countries is coming from uh, uh, doing right, the right thing for their workers and their, their practices that impact the environment as well as people? Um, secondly, of course, by not having them out, then that's one less thing you have to worry about during the recycling afterwards. Uh, and thirdly, it turns out it's actually less expensive to do it this way, which actually is a nice bonus as well. That is always a
0: nice bonus. You're absolutely right. Now, Jeff, how are you and the IBM research team using advanced technologies like AI to accelerate the discovery of materials that can be used in this battery design and other more sustainable alternatives?
1: All right. So we uh, have, have a whole effort we call uh, sort of the future of computing, which is how can we use computing technology in new ways, particularly with the rise of, you know, AI technology and even quantum computing coming on. Um, and we've been applying a lot in the materials discovery space and science space in general. Uh, if you look at the way we most uh, research goes on in, in materials today, it's very much like uh, Thomas Edison in that you keep, just keep making a new material and you try it and you make another material and you try it. Well, it's a very big periodic table and lots of combinations so you can spend a lot of time and money trying to discover new materials that can have the function you're looking for. Uh, So by using uh, simulations on on large-scale computers, we already of course for many years have tried to uh, um, do a better job of coming up with uh, material ideas uh, on the computer before we go in the lab and test them, but it's very limited what you can do with just uh, that kind of simulation. Um, with AI, we've been able to use technologies that can uh, be trained based on the results of experiments we're getting in the lab on materials we're using, and then use that training to try and uh, uh, look through the material catalogs—the you know the, the uh, other materials that are out there in the literature or from other experimental work—and um, and. and Uh, highlight to the researcher uh, materials that might have similar properties to what we're looking for based on what it's learned from the experiments we've done so far and what it can learn by being trained on other data that's out there. Um, It can also even hypothesize different types of structures uh, that might in fact have similar characteristics based on as we continue to train it to understand more what chemical structures can do. Um, and moreover, it can even uh, help uh, plan out, these are the experiments that might make sense to do. Again, by being trained on other sequences of experiments that have produced results that were similar. So there are many different ways that AI can come in and, and help us in this, in this sort of approach. Um, eventually, we hope as quantum computing becomes a uh, 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 larger and larger uh, part of our, our computing infrastructure, it can go even a step further in helping us do uh, even more accurate simulations of, of molecules and materials than we can do today on, on today's uh, high-performance computers.
0: That is just simply amazing. You really are, you know, helping us helping lead this charge to create sustainable living and and really helping us you know, ultimately achieve the goals of the of the United, those 17 United Nation uh, sustainable development goals. So so thank you and hats off to your team. Now, Jeff, what do you see are specific applications of this battery technology, where it could have the most potential?
1: Right, so at this point, of course, the battery is, is really a prototype we've got in our research lab, but we are looking right now to see how we can scale it up to a size uh, that would be useful uh, and also um, have all the, the robustness you would expect from a battery. Uh, But we see a couple places it could go. I mean, clearly, um, you know, if you think about the renewable energy uh, economy that we're trying to create, uh, a lot of renewable energy sources such as solar and wind aren't on all the time. So you need some way of storing that. And that means having very large uh, energy density batteries uh, on on site to store the energy uh, when when it's being produced. And to do that, you want to make sure that's safe. You want to make sure it's a sustainable material and structure you're using, and it's cost effective. So we certainly see that it could have application there. Um, also in, uh, in uh, autonomous driving and in autonomous cars, uh, if they're going to be electric, you'd certainly like to have them have a, a large battery charge, which has been a large focus. But safety, of course, is, is paramount in a, in a moving vehicle like that. Um, and the ability to charge that battery also very quickly is important. It turns out these batteries actually have very fast charging time. They can get to 80% charge within five to 10 minutes on being charged, which is a, is a really nice uh, feature as well. So we can see at least a couple places they could be used
0: out wow, five to 10 minutes to get 80% charged, even exactly. if it was be in a possible, you know, self-driving car.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we, if we are trying to get to a point where this can actually be useful in, in, in the world, those are the kind of metrics you have to look at. Not just, of course, sustainability. The fact that sustainable is just a nice bonus as well. Uh, but again, to be clear, this is still a research prototype. So we have a long right. way to go from here to actually be able to get it into a, a car or into a into a solar station. That's I'm speechless. That is incredible. And, and that is
0: incredible work that you all are doing and which leads me right to my next question. So you are doing fantastic work on this battery design. Can you tell me more about some of the other work that you're doing at IBM Research uh, in the field, field of material study and what else is in the pipeline?
1: Yeah, particularly if I think about sustainability materials. So this whole this whole work we're doing on the future of computing and looking at that for accelerating materials discovery obviously can be applied to pretty much anything. Uh, just a couple of things that we're doing right now that um, uh, w- one of which is very close to our our core business. You know, we've we've been the leaders in semiconductor technology for computer chips for, for many decades, uh, and particularly in the area of polymer chemistry uh, in the lab that I run in Almaden, uh, we've really led the field, uh, and that seems to be. Um, uh, uh, something that we have continue, want to continue to work on. Um, of course, the focus has always been on having lithography continue to scale down. So getting materials that can go to smaller and smaller uh, sizes to get, have Moore's Law scaling continues been a, a main focus. Uh, but in addition, uh, we've been looking now to see, could we use this materials discovery capability to find polymers and lithography materials that might be more sustainable, that might be, that might be safer to use as well. Um, and Another area that's uh, directly related to the, the climate and the environment is, is carbon capture. Uh, as part of our impact science work, uh, we've been looking at are there materials and mechanisms for capturing CO2 uh, out of the atmosphere and, and maybe even taking that CO2, and similar to what uh, you know, plants and other things can do, can we find a way to take that and, and utilize it then as a, as a feedstock for f- future fuel sources or something along those lines. Um, a lot of people are doing research, of course, on this. But what we've really been focused on is, can we use some of this accelerated materials discovery work to to accelerate that process to finding new materials that might be uh, good good candidates for this kind of uh, interaction?
0: That's incredible work, Jeff, and and you really are, like I said, you guys are helping leading that charge, and uh, it's a, a true glo- true global leadership. Jeff, uh, during this course, during the course of the event of the seventeen days of sustainability presented by The TV, we focus on not all of the goals, but, or not one of the goals, but just, but all of them. And we have a specific focus on gender equality, goal number five, which is uh, our empowering women and girls summit. And Jeff, my question to you is what sort of opportunities are you helping to create at IBM research to ultimately help us achieve goal number five, gender equality?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think IBM has always been very proud of our of our uh, of our history of being very inclusive as a company uh, by gender, by URM, uh, by by race, by geographic diversity. As I said, we're a global research organization. Uh, in particular, on, on the gender side, you know, we have very active women's networking groups within the research division. In my lab in Almaden, we regularly have the group there. We reach out to the local universities uh, to uh, the undergrad and graduate school level, even in the in the K through twelve uh, during the summers. We hold some science summer camps, really trying to encourage more girls and women to get into the STEM field and also hopefully keep them there uh, all the way through graduation so that we can end up hiring them into our labs. I think the more diversity we have in all these endeavors, the, the better off we are. I
0: couldn't agree more, Jeff. That's simply just fantastic. And, and I, like I said, I couldn't agree more. Jeff, before I let you go, I do have one more question for you. And that is, what is your post summit ask for our global audience? Uh, as we are you know, in the process of the 17 Days of Sustainability.
1: I think the biggest ask I'd have is that whatever you're doing your research on, I mean, we always have some goals in mind uh, for getting better performance or making it smaller or making it cheaper, but keep sustainability as one of those goals. Whenever we come up with a new product, uh, we should always be asking ourselves from the beginning, how will this fit into the whole eco- uh, the whole economic and life cycle system? How do we make it? How are we going to utilize it? And how are we going to recycle it in the end? I think having those discussions as part of the product design cycle is really key and not just have it be an after effect.
0: That's fantastic, Jeff. Jeff Welzer, Vice President of Exploratory Science at IBM Research. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the 17 Days of Sustainability. Thank you for your insight. And thank you especially for your global leadership. You truly are. You and your team at IBM Research truly are helping us change the world. So we thank you very much. And uh, it was an honor for you to join us on uh,
1: IdeaGen TV today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it.